Hello, and welcome to Abnormal Mapping, episode 97. I'm your host, M, and with me is my regular co-host, Jackson. Gundam time. It's not Gundam time. <laughs> we did Max last time. That was last that was last month, right? Yeah. I think the, it's been a thousand years. <laughs> the I thing so. with this podcast in particular is now we record like three podcasts a weekend. So every time a normal mapping rolls around, it feels like I'm an entirely different person. This has also been a fucking month. Let me tell you. I don't actually want to get oh. into it, but Yeah, no, but whew, it has been. Um so that's great. Um Jackson, what have you been playing video game wise? Um, I, I played Clone Hero. I played a bunch of that. There you go. What, what's Clone Hero? Tell people what uh, Clone Hero is. I've talked about this on our premium podcast, but if you don't have that, I'll go into it now. It is a a um just a clone of Guitar Hero. Uh, the Guitar Hero community was getting mad that all they had to play Guitar Hero on at this point was the PC version of Guitar Hero 3 that they could import custom charts to. So someone just made a Guitar Hero clone in Unity, and that's what everyone uses now. And you can import all the charts from all the games to it, and it works perfectly. So I've been doing that and having a good time. I miss Guitar Hero. That's the extent of my take. I think Guitar Hero is very good, and I'm sad that there's no real way to play it anymore. Uh, so I've been enjoying this. It's been a good time. Okay, that's it? That's really it. Yeah, I don't have much else to say, unfortunately. Okay. Was it last time I talked a little bit about Apple Arcade? Did that happen in this podcast? <laughs> no, it didn't. I've also remembered another game because of how long it's been. <laughs> okay. Uh, I played, I've played. i played almost all. haven't quite finished it, but I've played about 10 hours uh, of Ratchet & Clank, the first Ratchet & Clank. Oh, how's that? That's pretty great. That's good. Um... Have I, have I played? Th- I think I've played through most of this game. I don't think I finished it, but I did play a lot of it. Yeah, I'm surprised by how how good a time I've been having. Because um, I, I was told by you that I should just play the future games, but of course I didn't. Because you know, you're you. Um, I know. I, I'm me. Um, I did not I push very hard, knowing it was folly. <laughs> yes, no, I know. Uh, uh, but it's it's good fun. Um, the cutscenes are kind of awkward, obviously, uh, mm. at this point. Um, but playing a platformer where you like the speed is really fast is what i mean like you you go through every single bit of the level really quickly there's not very many moves it's not very fiddly uh which is weird because i the thing i know about ratchet and clank is it gets into real fiddly with the weapons later Um, yeah but it's it's pretty clear but you have this you get the boots the boots can jump further now you can go to the next part of the the map oh boots Um, you get some boots (laughs) can't do that here (laughs) (laughs) i did you can't stop me that's true um but i've been having a great time it's good when the games are fun it's just very chill and good yeah Uh, no wonder everyone was like really into this stuff in the ps2 i'm sad i never had a ps2 yeah i got one really late so i would have also liked to have played this uh even at the time i was a little older for it but i was playing mario sunshine like i like this kind of game so and I, I know that this used to be a big war at the time uh, that I w- couldn't participate in because I was an Xbox child. Um, the, that cursed thing. Uh, but I know the war was between uh, Jack and Daxter uh, and Ratchet and Clank, with, I guess, Sly Cooper fans starting to side feeling very cool. It's very funny considering all of them are dead now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, all of them are extremely dead now. Uh, but I'm here to weigh in and say that uh, Ratchet and Clank is better than Jack and Daxter. Okay, I haven't played, Jack and Dexter's the only one I haven't played. I uh, didn't really seem appealing. I like Ratchet and Clank. I like the first Sly Cooper more than I like Ratchet and Clank, but I okay. like Ratchet and Clank more than the other Sly Coopers. I assume the first Sly Cooper is more of a, like, traditional core space platformer. 
Yeah, and it's like it's like eight hours long, and then you're done. And then third or second, third games are like mission, kind of lightly mission based, open world kind of stuff. More like you have to go and do this stealth thing to get this object. Then you can unlock this new area. Oh, nice. Yeah, that makes sense. I I played Ratchet and Clank uh, like all of it, listening to the uh, higher on finale, um, which is very soothing. Uh, it's a That's great fair. way to spend like eight hours. <laughs> How linked are those in your brain now forever? Just permanently. 100% yeah, permanently. Uh, uh, also, the Twilight the Twilight Mirage finale, um, which I listened to a few months ago, uh, that was Sonic Adventure 2. Oh, yeah, okay, fair enough. <laughs> Just the best things together. <laughs> I don't typically listen to podcasts at home because I listen to them in my day job, but uh, my most recent like eternal link-up is the waypoint game of the year stuff from last year i have association with like the back half of final fantasy 12 uh yeah yeah that'll do it yep it was good it's a good association anyway um i played a little bit of apple arcade stuff uh apple arcade came out it's like a premium service for ios where you pay five dollars a month you get access to a bunch of curated games that don't have microtransactions um, the big one, or like at launch with Sayonara Wild Hearts, which you could pay like $15, $20 for somewhere else, or you could just, you know, get as part of the subscription. Um, I've played a couple games. Uh, I like Sayonara Wild Hearts. I liked, um, I don't remember that game about assembling, th- th- taking things apart and putting them back together. Assemble with Care, I think is what it's called. That game was pretty decent. Mm-hmm. Um, I played a bunch of puzzle games that are like, yeah, okay. Um, and it's interesting because like that model of game, and I read about this on the letters. If you're a patron at that level, uh, you can get letters for five dollars. Reminds me of like Xbox Live Arcade, where something like in like at least interesting was coming out like every other week. At least like you always had something you're like, this might not be the greatest game, but this is a cool idea. It doesn't cost me like too much to get into. I enjoy it. Uh, the Maw. Anyone remember the Maw? The world needs more games like the Maw and less games like Miss Explosion Man Two. <laughs> I understand exactly what you mean. <laughs> yes. Um, we were there. Yes, we were there. Um, and so I've enjoyed it. Uh, there was a thing on Waypoint Radio the other, like, last week, maybe on Monday, maybe week before. Or, I don't know. This podcast is coming out. I don't know if I'm going to edit it. But um, before Halloween, hopefully. Um but there was a thing where Patrick Klepek said that the app, he talked to people on like background and the Apple Arcade thing is not as like scary, weird, exploitive as people thought. Like devs are just getting paid to make the games like a publisher model. So it doesn't matter how well they do, which is nice to hear. That checks out. Uh, like yeah. it definitely seems like um, one of those from the outside, not in like a way that that's sustainable, but in they're just going to buy their way into this. <laughs> yes. Um, um. Which is fair, uh, much better than the the Google model is like definitely the weird metrics based hours played equals uh, like percentage of money paid into the service. But also that one is like older games and it's like a thing that devs can just opt into and opt out of. The Apple ones are much more like this is an actual exclusive that they've paid for publishing for a window on. So Mm -hmm. if the room people would stop making VR games and start making a game for Apple Arcade, I would be really happy. I'd love to play a new room game, but yeah. unfortunately, I'm I'm not a millionaire. There's that uh, fake antechamber game that just came out that I want to play on that. Well, hopefully, it's not the most confusing thing ever made. 
Yeah, I mean, it'd be hard to be more confusing than Antichamber, which is a game I liked a lot, but boy, is that really hard. I'd uh, like to go back to it, because my brain just wasn't there at the time. Maybe I've got, let's see if I've got more or less brain by... I got, by I got to the again. final puzzle and couldn't do it, and then just watch the end on YouTube, so... That's fair, that's very fair. Um, I, I felt, I felt okay in. about that being, like, my tap-out point. Yeah, I only got a couple hours in. It was, mm-hmm. I, don't ne- I don't necessarily think I got stuck, I just think that... um the game just being in that space wore me wore me down because it's just very exhausting to think about as you yes. traverse it yep um other than that i've been playing bloodstained which i don't have a whole lot to say about that i didn't already say on voip life but that game's very good it is just aria or dawn of sorrow again um it looks much better than i was worried about early on like they did a whole graphics pass uh it's very charming there's too many systems about crafting and stuff but also like Assuming we're probably not going to get another one of these, it's fine that the game's kind of a little overstuffed. Um, if this was like, if I was expecting one of these next year, I would be like, oh, they put too much stuff in this game. But in actuality, like, we're, we're never going to see another fake Castlevania again. So I might as well enjoy this one while it lasts. Uh, thinking about doing all the things one can do in that game. Uh, yes. Which is not a thing I do very often, but, you know, that game might be worth it. It's not like there's going to be one of these every year for six years like they used yeah. to be. This is the game I'm trying to get done before game of the year. I was going to try to get Outer Wilds done. That's I, Wilds, not Worlds. Um, and I went back to that because I'd put maybe like three hours in and realized I had no clue where I was or what I was doing or how the game worked. So I'm going to have to restart that, which means that's probably going to be after we lock our game of the year lists, which yes. uh, coming up very soon. Um, I'm going to try. Don't know, I don't know what that's going to look like because we didn't play many games this year. I'm going to legitimately like the most, the thing I'm going to focus on most next year, other than like, you know, living as a person in the world is to get in a place where I don't feel anxious, anxious about playing video games so I can play some goddamn video games again. Yep. Uh, I've had my own uh, brain disaster stuff this year, so I, my list is very light, but I, I do want to, I've been thinking about going back to Kingdom Hearts and just uh, check that off but i also feel like that list getting locked soon and i have three kingdom hearts games to go so and i've also got a lot of other things to do, so that might just not happen for normal time reasons Yeah, um maybe i'll but finish shimigami tensei nocturne i know we'll probably talk about this in game of the year like our final episode this year but it's been a it's, it's been, been kind of a year where this podcast got a little neglected i feel like it's been kind of like a year and a half of that and i feel bad about it because um, this is the podcast. The, the network's named after this show because this is the show. Like, you know, I'd it's like to I'd strange. like to reinvest in more into it. Yeah, me too. Because there's lots of people who listen to this that don't like listen to Gundam. Not everyone is into robots and that. You know, yeah. More people listen to this podcast, and it feels like our energies have been both directed elsewhere by like reasons of our choice, and also not right. Like it has just been a hard fucker of a year. Yes. Uh, Two but, years. Let's say two yeah, years. Let's say two years. It's just, just a real shit show all around. But there's also steps we can take. Yeah. Uh, so we're thinking about that. Hopefully next year is going to be a really good year. I would just like to be able to come on here every time we record and have like a game I played that isn't the game for this podcast and be like, I enjoyed it or I didn't. I have something to say about it. And like outside of the games we played for this podcast, I've played two games this year. Three, maybe. Yeah. No, it's... Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh mm-hmm. th- that's not th- i i am i'm over exaggerating but not by a lot not by a not lot by, not by a lot <laughs> no i don't think i don't think i could get a top 10 and leave games off of it if i didn't include games for this podcast uh we have to include games for podcast. yeah like my favorite game i played this year is for the podcast my favorite so. game i played this year is not for this podcast so oh there we go 
I don't think I don't think Bloodstain is going to beat it out either. So you know we'll just have to. You know, what could Bloodstain it be? will probably oh, on that I list because exactly Bloodstain's what, I, good. I know exactly what it is. Okay, <laughs> of course I do. Um, do you want anything else, or do we want to get into the segment? Um, we had tentative. No, I actually want to talk about this. We had tentative plans. Our episode yes. 100 is coming up in January. Oh, Phil! <laughs> Fucking hell, Phil! <laughs> and we want to do Halo because I've never played Halo. Jackson loves Halo. It's always been a I like a Halo. someday they'll put it out on PC and we can play it together. They announced it, and now it just doesn't exist, as far as anyone can tell, in time for our 100th episode, which is what I wanted to do more than anything in the world. I don't. Phil, that that's not going to happen. Phil's betrayed us. Um, they announced and, that all of the games would be out this year, but they they are currently doing like the final beta for Reach. Yeah. So, so unless something um, miraculous happens around Christmas, which I guess is possible, there's still two months left. No, um, there's no way. That like that they have been public about taking their time because of how pe- mad people got about this game when it wasn't ready before. I know. I know. Anyway, um, barring a miracle, Christmas miracle, we yes. are, we don't have a game for episode 100. We don't. Um, we we've been banding a bunch of names back and forth. I don't want to do like a big Nintendo game. That's kind of a thing that this podcast is trying to get away from. <laughs> uh ignore next month's episode <laughs> because someone asked for that and it's fine like that's not a problem i like doing we- nintendo games they're really fun uh, <laughs> the thing is we do love doing them so don't feel bad if you pay yeah. us to do them then that then we are absolved of responsibility and we'll do as many yes. as you want <laughs> but uh, you know these are all games i played six times in my childhood so i don't really like covering them for this podcast i don't really want to do a big rpg we've done a lot of them i'm a little tired of them trying to get back healthy with games means not burning myself out trying to play 50 hours of a video game in a month um it's just not realistically going to happen so if you have a s- idea for a game that we can play uh knowing that i don't have an xbox i think that's it otherwise in terms of availability um yep. let us know what you think would be a cool episode 100 i'm willing to entertain basically any idea because um we right before we recorded this we sat down for 20 minutes and looked at lists of the games you must play before you die and either we've covered it or it's an obvious no uh <laughs> And we came up with some other suggestions, some some you know actual suggestions of our own. I I didn't I didn't like any of them, but yes, no, we, didn't, we, did. we just said the names of games out loud for about twenty minutes, and then went, eh. was, yeah. Um, and then we had to record this podcast anyway. Um, so yeah, let us uh, know. You can send us DM, go on our Discord. Uh, the Discord's on the website. You know, if you like our this podcast in particular, come in and say hello. Uh, we don't get a lot of people coming in for games. Usually, everyone's there to talk about Gundam. So, you know, uh, go to abnormalmapping.com. Uh, the link to the Discord is on the website. Uh, or you could email us podcastabnormalmapping.com. You know the drill. Uh, and I think that's everything. So we should probably stop and switch gears and talk about our game club this month.
our game club this month is Hacknet, which is a 2015 video game developed by Team Fractal Alligator, which is one guy, uh, Match Trobiani. Trobiani? Trobiani. 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 I, I cannot pronounce that to save my life. Not even like a weird name, just, just every time. Uh, uh, yes, it came in 2015. It is a game in which uh, you play... Um, unnamed hacker yourself who has sent this program hacknet uh, from a mysterious uh benefactor uh and gets into some like simplified movie versions of hacking you are going to hack some computers it's very stylish uh it's done through like a unix terminal but like the unix terminal is expanded into a visual ui and lots of elements uh and it is basically a um uh, reduction of what real hacking feels it is trying to be to hacking what tony hawks is to skateboarding i think that's fair enough that's fair yeah that makes Uh, sense wants to make you feel like you're in the movies typing stuff without having to know anything about code yeah Uh, you have like 12 commands and you just run them when necessary to solve the problem solve the problem to scroll through people's emails to do some hacking and that that's that is the game that that's the whole game uh yeah do you want to summarize the plot? Uh, I mean, you kind of did. Like, you get a me- you get a message from someone named Bit who is like, "Oh, if you're getting this, I'm probably dead, and I need you to investigate." And you do because there's nothing else to do. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that because I, I I think that's important. There's a lot of like inertia about what it is assumed that you're going to be doing in this game. Uh, yes. And so you start uh, exploring through some like tutorial missions that Bit had set up, like automated for you, and then you get an uh, a hacking group group called entropy who's just like you know some anarchist hackers just like doing shit getting into like small scale trouble you do really well you rise through the ranks and then you do like one job that goes wrong because you hack someone who knows what they're doing and they trace you back and they delete your files and you're basically left with like a terminal command you have to get your shit back uh you get your shit back you either go after them or you pursue the next thing on your docket which is an invitation to join a better hacker group yes Um, and so if you do that uh you build up uh more stock um Obviously, I didn't go after the person. I can't really talk about that one. As far as I can tell, you do a bunch of similarly themed missions, but for a different group as you build, like, uh, like regard with the person who came after you and you guys become friends. And then the game moves back into the end game just the same as it does in this one. Yes, I, um, also just went back to what I was doing because I, I didn't even realize getting revenge on him was a thing you could do. Uh, because the way it's meant to work, right, is you get, uh, the xsys file which is the thing he deleted from his computer uh because he left his ip address in the logs yes uh i didn't do that uh i was just running through the commands i was meant to do so i deleted my own logs <laughs> in the unix terminal uh and then was stuck for a while and then found like another computer like found like one ip address and just got it from a random computer yes that's what i did also <laughs> okay good and yes. then, so the entire area of the game was just non-existent <laughs> yes uh, uh as far as i can tell it seems like that's meant to be like if you're replaying it that's the route you take typically okay because you kind of have to know a little more about how the game works than it teaches you before that point to understand how to deal with that yes that makes sense yeah because you can also like if you learn how like these shells can interfere with like a trace back you can just like stop him and then go after yes. him too so. yes i i I worked that out, but then realized there was no real opportunity in the game that's ever happened. Um, yeah, because logs. You kind of have to know it's ha- coming. So, 
yeah. Uh, anyway, we should finish up the summary before we. Yes, that's, that's anyway, what we're going to talk about. So you get you go to this other uh, more intense hacker group, and they're working on some real shit, like interfering government institutions. There's like the one really notable mission where you go in and like hack someone's pacemaker um, and kill the person that's in there. Um, it is asked that you do this by the person with the pacemaker. I think that's very clear to establish here. <laughs> Um, yes. And then you get into like the end game, which is a bunch of missions about like bit was actually working for a security company called Entech and was developing like, cause you start running across computers that you just can't get into. Like there's no way around it. None of your hacking tools work. And you find out that, uh, bit and a bunch of other hackers were working at this company called Entech and Entech was building the thing called Hacknet, which was like a security, like AI system that could not be hacked. And Bit decided that he had a moral compass and didn't want to be murdered by or like work for this thing that was going to be used for like weapons and all, you know, evil corporations. You'd think a hacker would know before he signs up to the evil corporations, the corporations <laughs> are evil, whatever. We'll talk about it. Um, and then through mismanagement, the, like his, the, the person up top was like, I need you to handle this to someone. And they thought they meant like narratively, like noir movie, handle it by which I mean, kill him. <laughs> and they actually meant like, just talk to him and tell him not to do this. And so before the person who had told them that could understand what was happening, the bit had been killed. And then they covered the whole thing up. And that's how you came in because bit thought, uh, correctly, uh, it seems that, uh, some paranoia was in order and set up this plan to get, you know, someone to come in and tear the whole thing down, which is what you do at the end of the game. Uh, and then you get a little voice clip of it going like, thanks, you, you saved the day. Good job. And then credits roll. <laughs> I'm off to compose the Hollow Knight soundtrack. Oh, uh, really? That's it. It's him. Yeah, it's Christopher uh, Larkin doing, that's doing the voice. That's very funny. <laughs> uh, hey, Christopher Larkin, I have uh, two of your uh, soundtracks on vinyl, so good job. You did it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but that's the game. I thought the game was okay. Uh, oh, do you want to talk briefly about like the weird meta narrative around Hacknick's development that only matters to us because we played the <laughs> other game yes. years ago at this point? <laughs> so there is an article specifically on Kotaku Australia about the developers behind Hacknet and another game we did because we did the other one three years ago now uh, called Expand. Um, and Expand was a big hit at like festivals. Uh, and like conventions and stuff because it, it's very uh immediately clear and satisfying what you're doing it is a spatial puzzle game um that all like it's very simplified doesn't have the multiplayer elements but definitely gets into some journey like stuff where it's like uh small spatial puzzles that build into like a feeling of a narrative as you progress through them very self-evident and the music does a lot of swelling and it's good um Hacknet was also at these shows and did okay, but then when it was released, like, took off big and was a very big success because it's much easier to sell online the, like, fantasy of being a hacker. Yes. Uh, and so that game did big. Nobody bought Expand but us, apparently. And yeah, the, the thing people, here like, is that the, the two devs are, like, best friends. Yes. And it was about the tension, just the tensions of how weird that is and awkward it is, which yes. is understandable. Yeah. Uh, and now we've played both of them. Yeah, I think I prefer Expand. I don't think I agree. But I like Expand I, more than you. Yeah, I think Expand's fine. I've played many games that are just like Expand, though, so it's hard to like. That's like, true. It's a nice one of those, but like, there's dozens of those. This is the first hacking game where I felt like you know I've thought about getting Quadrilateral Cowboy since it came out. I don't think I have the wherewithal to like understand Quadrilateral Cowboy. I could play Hacknet. I had a good time. I was, like, kind of disappointed by Hacknet, I think. Um, 
I th- I thought it was too simple is kind of the wrong word, but I did think you were mostly doing the rote hacking tools that you are given, uh, and it wasn't utilizing them for like narrative interest, if that makes no. sense. Yeah, because no, that's I, true. because I I don't think that the hacking itself is that satisfying because uh, you just see it says like you know SSH locked on port twenty two and you type SSH act twenty two and it works almost every time and if it and the only like intricacies they add is a few more of those options or a timer yeah uh, and it never gets more complicated than that so i found the hacking like dull uh like extremely dull um and that isn't to say that there's nothing there because i think that it where it, when it finds its um like most interesting play is when it's more about finding like the ip addresses in the emails mm-hmm. um putting things together through this uh and the choice to make the bulk of the narrative just arbitrary missions that are building up loyalty meters means that you don't really have any personal investment on what's happening. You're just doing yeah. the hacking so you can build a meter. And so that I found that stuff very boring. Um, but then you get to the end of the game, and one, they start to introduce a few more actual puzzly elements, uh, and two, there's more of a narrative focus. I thought that was much much better, but it it was too it was it, the the balance was off. It was like sixty forty. I guess I, you know. I have numbers, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Uh, the thing this reminded me the most of is Trauma Center, uh, okay. which is a game that gives you like eight tools and then expects you to use them in different configurations each mission or whatever based on whatever the problem in front of you is. And you always know that like, oh, I like, you know, you said you need to type in SSH whatever to hack into the SSH port. You need yes. uh, shells to attack a proxy. Um you know, you need uh, to figure out the firewall by doing the stupid solving puzzle. Oh. Um, <laughs> which is very obnoxious. That one sucks. It's just bad. Um, and th- that reminds me a lot of how trauma centers, like, the surgery is like, you're going to cut someone open, and you're going to swab the wound and pull it out and stitch it up and stitch up the body and rub the green mist on it, and then you're going to go. And you're going to do that every time. But around that is, like, a really dramatic, like, intense, sometimes, depending on who you are, I think it's entertaining anime plot. Um, this game doesn't really have, like, the through line as much. And what character it has, uh, like... There's a couple emails, but most of it is inexplicably like pulls from bash.org. And if you don't know what bash.org is, it's like a repository that's been on the internet forever about like just goofy shit people said on IRC. Um, and I've never been an IRC person, but there was a time in my life where I read a lot of bash.org. Um, and so <laughs> I was just going through this and like the comedy bits were like stuff I remember reading when I was like 20. And oh, it was good. very weird because they don't feel in line with like the actual stuff that the hacknet's about. Like people just hang out on IRC making jokes about like t- telling someone to like accidentally delete their directory or whatever is so far away from like the cool Hollywood hacker aesthetic that this game mm-hmm. is about. It's kind of like if you were playing uh jazz punk and behind every like gag was a far side cartoon. Like, technically related in that they're, like, non-sequitur humor, but they don't have anything to do with each other, like, like right. in terms of texture of the medium. Um, and so that was, like, really weird and disconcerting. It ended up, like, the, the my favorite mission in the game 
is when you are sent to go get the Colonel's secret recipe, like from a fake KFC, they want, they want to be able to replicate it. So you need to break in and get the recipe and how it's mixed and everything. And it turns out to be like a like five step process. As you go to the main website, that takes you to the company website. The company website tells you that because they don't want anyone to know the spices are combined in two separate factories and then merged together in like a third factory. So you need to go to each separate factory and get their list of spices uh, and put it all together and send all of those files to the person who gave you the mission. There's a lot of character in the idea that you hire a hacker group to go send you on an outrageous wild goose chase to get a recipe for fried chicken. I think that stuff's good. I think that like implies like a certain like with these tools, we can enable like the pettiest impulses. It's not just like going in and erasing someone's academic records or giving them a fake degree or, you know, like there's a lot of like serious hacker shit you do or like very petty hacker shit you do that is like just interpersonal, like the, the whole thing with you hack someone and they hack you back and delete your system. Um, but this in particular is like a really different type of thing that you, I don't think of as like, the Hollywood stuff. I think it's like unique to someone who like understands what like a hacker story can and should be. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's really good. Um, I really, that like mission in particular well. is really fun. I think it's really, it's probably my favorite of the like non central plot missions. Yes. Um, because not only right, is it interesting in its conception of what a protagonist in this kind of game does. It's also the puzzle is like much more, uh, just it's just an interesting puzzle. It's not just uh, find the name on the list and change the degree. Like I was always expecting more steps in every puzzle. So like, I just mm-hmm. I just edit this guy's address. I just edit, okay. I guess that's done. I yes. guess I send this off. <laughs> it was very like oh, that was easier than I expected. I guess I'll send this back to the the person. Like, oh yeah, I totally did the totally did the mission. Whereas that had much more of a like it wasn't about hacking into any of the places. It was about putting together uh, what <laughs> on earth these spices could be. And because it was spices and not you know the three parts of the death hack machine yes. um like that also gave it a lot of character which you know was your point um and it was cool it was definitely cool yeah um but then like through the rest of the game a lot of the things you're given to do are like there's like in the idea of like a hacker thing is like you're going to live outside society's rules because the rules are dictated by a top-down structure that like is all driven by this technology that nobody understands but you understand it you're the keyboard warrior you're going to get it done um and there's like a like a like a very like morally absent like individualist bent to even this game that I don't think is like self-aware about what it is. Like you're given missions and some of them you're like, okay, this makes sense. A thing I'd do if I was asked to do it, given mm-hmm. the, the tools that I have. There's other things I'm like, I don't know how I feel about doing these things. Uh, I don't think what I'm doing here is a good thing to do. Uh, and the game never really grapples with that much. Like it's not actually about it's, it's not actually about the idea that like a hacker is a person, especially like someone in a group that's like taking missions like this and like doing a job, like a, they're a, like a work a day hacker is someone who's like existing outside of like a, the moral righteousness that you kind of is in the genre. Yeah. Or depending on like, if you're a cop, like the like moral nefariousness that's within the genre, uh, you know, like e- either hackers are like cool guys who can get it done or they're like monsters who are going to tear down society, whichever way you've been. This game fence sits to the extreme. It fences so hard. <laughs> yes. Because, because it acknowledges that those things happen, but it also really leans into the idea uh, of hacking communities 
in this fictional conception of them being self-policing right like one of yes. the first hacks you do is to like we're gonna hack this other hacker because they use the hacking tools wrong and there's like and you get hacked as well so there's like a moment where the game you the game might be leaning into an idea of okay all the only people that have these hacking tools are hackers and they all assume they are the arbiters of right and wrong so of course they turn on each other at the first instinct but that's not the game's not making that intentional commentary right like it's not no. about how if everyone just understands how to hack each other they just become the pettiest people fighting all these yeah. uh, weird online wars all the time it's not about that it's just about like no we will self-correct if someone misuses the tools we will fix it we don't need laws and this uh in in our society because our society has uh, a moral code enforced by like just you know the community and that's how we yeah. deal with it and it doesn't present that as like an earnest stance in response to that critique. It just kind of throws that in the air and then Garrett carries on because it's not yeah. it's not about interrogating any of this politically in any way. No, like, like the only thing that is delivered as like the morally wrong thing is when Bit accidentally made the thing that would make hackers obsolete, right? Um, like, I think that. Uh, it's the you're meant to feel morally uncomfortable in the scene where you turn off someone's pacemaker yes but also like you watch the thing happen and then you close it and you get an email saying good job and then there's another mission to do <laughs> like the game doesn't have the framework to like give that any sort of space or a special weight like unless you're like willing to like read that stuff into it I it doesn't play like that to me I do think that that because that happened that's the penultimate mission of the game yes um, so I, I do think that that's meant to be a kind of like, and this is the power no one should have moment. And like, it's meant to inform the thing you do next, which is turn off hacknet. I mean, the, the power that no one should have is like messing with the leaderboards of the clicker game. Also, like there's a lot of right, powers yeah. no one should have that you just do. Uh, and, and also like that's framed in like a, someone asked you to do that. Like they wanted euthanasia and they picked the weirdest way possible to get it done. <laughs> Um, and so, like, you're, you're supposed to, like, dwell on, oh, did I do the right thing? Have I gone too far? Is this what hacking has led me to? When, like, depending on who you are, I guess, you did a humane, humane thing someone was aware of, but it plays it like you did, like, a horror thing. Like, you murdered someone, and that's not really what the framework of euthanasia is, unless you're, like, a scaremonger. Right, yeah. Like, I, I, I don't think it's as bad as, like, weird, um actually reprehensible like abortion fear-mongering yeah but it's in the same zone of misconstruing medical things we understand as scary because of the technology right yeah but um, then at the same time it, like it, because it has set everything up it'd be this system of like everyone's just doing their jobs and the only thing that's bad is making sure that is like if you harm someone else's ability to do work uh in the middle of like this like oh the pacemaker is the scary thing and whatever like there's just a weird like conservative libertarian bent to the whole thing that i find kind of like unsettling because i don't think it's i don't think it's the i don't think it's like uh self-aware of that i think it just accidentally falls into it yeah but that's i and i don't mean to presume here but it is a game made by like a single young game developer right like yes <laughs> uh, who apparently like bash enough to include all the quotes in the game <laughs> uh like it's not i don't I don't think it's necessarily awful that the political worldview of this game isn't yes. as developed as... No, I know. Uh, you know. But it's the things I took away while oh, playing absolutely. it. Like this, I think those are fair critiques to level, but I understand how it happens. ambiguity towards, like, the things I was asked to do. Like, I even if the, even if the like, 
active activism the game was asking me to do was something I disagreed with. I'd much rather have that than feeling like they don't understand that there's like politics and like, you know, like politics in a philosophical sense behind what they're asking you to do. I don't mm-hmm. think the game really gra- like understands that enough to even grapple with it. Um, no, it, it doesn't. It's like, it's just not about that. Like it's very surface level on the fancy and yeah. it's, it's like final statement is no one should have this power. Um, even though the game's about how cool that power is like the game is it's it's like you know it's baby's first you enjoy all the killing yeah i mean the game explicitly like re-liberates hackers at the end like you delete the thing that's going to stop hack it like you know the the hack net is not to empower hackers it's to prevent them from doing their job yeah but it's built on port hack you're the only person that has port hack that's oh, why sure. you're so good but, at hacking yeah but eventually like Everyone who isn't the player who doesn't actually know how to hack because you played a video game instead of real hacking will go on hacking after this. Oh, absolutely. But, like, you play the game to have that power. That is, like, implicit in the premise, right? Yeah. Like, that is the thing they are selling you. Yeah. And then they go, maybe it's bad. And then yeah. you think about that, and that's that's as deep as it goes. Yeah. Which is not interesting. Like, I could just watch The Net. Like, that's a good, dumb movie. The Net's a good movie. I like The Net. <laughs> yeah. He comes up, he's, like, kind of weird, but, like, slightly charming in a 90s way, and then, it, oh, he's evil. She orders a pizza online. That's how you know it's how you know she's a hacker. And then she boots up Mozart's ghost. <laughs> Man, I'm going to watch The Net after this. <laughs> that's a great movie. Yeah. Um... So I did th- th- like my yeah like I enjoyed the actual game part well enough, but I ended up feeling like like emotionally really ambiguous about the whole thing because uh, mm-hmm. I was just expecting more there. Um, but you know, like when you're hacking and the music's going, that part's great. <laughs> Absolutely, I was ex- so the, the bash.org thing was disappointing to me because I I didn't realize for a long time that all of that was meaningless because if mm. it's real, it, it's. It's not quite the same because it's curated by uh, the developers in an intentional way, um, but it feels a little like uh, all, for example, uh, all of the random photos of Kickstarter batters in Bloodstained. Uh, yeah, but I because, mean, those are obvious, and like you just laugh yeah. at them, and that's fine. I don't well, the, like the thing. The thing with the the quotes in in this game is they they are given a special weight because there isn't a whole lot of other flavor text around. Well, exactly. It'd be, I guess it'd be more like that if Bloodstained was about looking at pictures. Yes. <laughs> like, you go in and you find people's logs, and I kept expecting to find things that, like, elucidated the characters of the people's lives I was intruding upon. Yeah, uh, because I, that's, what, that's what emails are in video games. <laughs> right. That's, and partially, the game is that. The game is yeah. about reading email to find about the secret plots and the secret truths of the lives of the people that you're hacking. Yeah, but uh, hacking. the back half of the game, like, entirely is you don't have time for that. Get in, get the stuff, delete your logs, and get out. <laughs> you don't have to delete the logs. Yeah, I know. Sometimes you do. One time you do. Yeah. It's, it's only once. But I was told logs. to do it every time at the beginning, so I did it every time. <laughs> I found yes. I also found out after I finished the game. You know, <laughs> so the logs were being. I was like, I was deleting my logs every time. I was restarting my shells so I could delete the logs on every shell computer, and it was very laborious. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. At some point, I was like, if I'm a hacker, I should be able to write a macro to like shell right? these four computers every time I need a shell, and then dismiss them when I'm done. But I, I think the game could benefit from that in a way of like it. it the game shouldn't um, 
not to armchair game design here, but it should allow you to do that, but it shouldn't point towards that. You should be yeah. able to figure out for yourself that, oh, I can run a macro. I can do this myself. And that would give you a sense of actually growing at the skills of hacking, which you don't do. You just like get more EXEs. Yeah. There's a there's like a thrive I don't know if it's thriving now but there is a full community of like Steam Workshop stuff in this game that I mm-hmm. assume would have a lot of this stuff in it. That'd be um, my bet. And like you know their own stories and stuff because they basically just allowed it to where people could write their own stories. That's cool. With these mechanics, so that stuff seems neat. The one thing that really surprised me that they didn't do more with because I thought it could be interesting and ended up not really being used is there's a couple times where you have to hack into someone's phone and. I was expecting it to be like, like going into a different like zone almost. Like you go into a world where the rules are different, like because you go in and you hack the phone and then it's just kind of like everything else. Um, and I I would have liked the the sense of difference where like th- these are architectures that are not computers and you don't you can't just do the things that you know how to do and navigating them is strange and weird. Uh, and I like I was like oh this seems like a really missed opportunity because. Uh, I mean, this game isn't that old. The interface, uh, like what people interface with technology wise is not just like DOS based computers very much anymore. I mean, the, the coding backend isn't as wide. Like I, I wasn't that bothered, but I do understand the urge. Yeah. I mean, sure. Like maybe the backend is always the same or whatever, but like for a game that's about like the, like, like turning up to 11, the feel of doing these things, it should mm-hmm. feel different when you're hacking into a computer versus a phone versus like an industrial machine. And it does versus a pacemaker. Yeah. Yeah. It really doesn't like the difference is sometimes the things you need are in different f- folders. Yeah. Um, which, you know, small complaint, but here we are doing criticism. So <laughs> <laughs> that's us. Um, what are the what are the points we want to hit? I think I've got everything here. So we didn't play the DLC. Um, we did not. Um, which you know, uh, I I think I'm gonna watch someone play it because there's a there's a long play this game up, and I didn't enjoy the act of playing this game enough. But I'm curious about the like plot of the DLC. Uh, yes. So I I will probably watch that, but you know, didn't get to it in time for this. Um, Otherwise, I think that's... Unless you have something else, we can just... No, uh, I, I think that's where I am. We have a few emails, so we'll have more discussion of the game. We have uh, a email, but yeah. We have one very long email, so yeah. uh, we'll have some more discussion of the game after this music.
If you want to send emails, you can send them to podcast at normalmapping.com. Uh, you know, you about the games we're playing, about any other games you want to talk about, we'll talk about whatever you want. As long as it's game related, that's what this podcast is about. Yeah. Uh, we have a really long email from Six that is broken down into multiple sections. Jackson, you want to help me take or tackle this? Oh, I guess we should split this up, shouldn't we? I was just like, oh, you're doing this email, I'm free. But that's that's big <laughs> asshole behavior. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, sure. We'll split this up. How do you want to do what, Do you want to take the first part? I'll take the second part. Yeah, so Six really likes this game, uh, has advocated for it for all of their friends, had a hard time getting people to sign up for it. Um, <laughs> uh, made fun of uh, our mutual French and uncle in this email a little bit, which is funny. Um, talking about playing Danganronpa 2 instead of this game. Um, you can play this game <laughs> ten times in the time it takes you to play one Danganronpa. Um, ten? I was going to say more, but that might just be ten. The game's fairly long for what yes. it is. Uh, so, the first part of Six's email, uh, at one point you get hacked by Nix, who they, uh, they call you a script kitty, a hacker insult that has lost a lot of meaning as it's become more broadly known. I mean, you literally are, oh, they go on to say this is literally true in the player's case, you don't do any manual hacking, you are just following the script of when X do Y. Uh, yes. Um, for anything but the actual commands, however, you are uni using Unix commands with little variance to navigate and explore. Uh, the only thing I, I know about Unix is that bit in Jurassic Park where she's like, it's a Unix system. I know this. <laughs> that is also the only thing I know about Unix. And, I don't, and I, I've seen Jurassic Park, but I don't know it from Jurassic Park. In my heart, I know it from Idle Thumbs. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair. Uh, Given the game sets itself up as a Hollywood hacker fantasy, how do you feel about this reveal? That port hack was just a magical shortcut and you weren't anything special? Did the fact that every other stage of hacking except the password was a script for anyone else undermine this? Um, no, not particularly. Because, like, I kn knew this was sold on hacking being cool, and I knew it wasn't teaching me anything real, because uh, anytime I have to, like, do anything that requires a command prompt, I have to, like, triple check instructions on a web page while I'm doing it. <laughs> so... I didn't see it as like a subversive, you were never special reveal, I thought it was more of a you enjoy all the killing things, but I'm glad it can be the only two video game plots at the same time. Yes. Um, <laughs> the other thing along these lines I wanted to mention was the difficulty, it kind of doesn't have any, the game is purely a game of learning, and once you have the apps and the routines down pat, you barely have to pay attention as you crack open security systems, this is accurate. Uh, let me tell you from experience, subsequent playthroughs are incredibly fast because you just breeze through every puzzle, even the ones you don't remember. Every puzzle has the same basic solution, and while for some reason I find this really satisfying, I'm curious how y'all felt about it. Well, we told you, so. <laughs> bothered me a lot. <laughs> bothered me less. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. I have some thoughts. Actually, I'll get into that now. One of my thoughts coming off of it was how uh, much it ended up feeling like... Uh, like a... Killer 7's what my head goes to, or like the MSX Metal Gear, um, Resident Evil, I guess. Like, use keys to open doors games, right? Yeah. Uh, and this game is that without... Just without space as a concept. Uh... And it was very interesting how flat, because I, I like kind of going through fairly obvious uh, motions to work out basic puzzles in video games. It's like, you know, that's all Killer7 is. Uh, and it's my favorite game I've played this year. Um, but you take out the like spatial exploration from that and you just make it, okay, what number? This number. What number? This number. Uh, and that just, it just felt completely inert. Uh, and it made me realize how much I care about space in games, I guess. Yeah. Uh, 
So that was just the point that I wanted to make there. Okay. Um, point number two here. Uh, clock.exe slash secrets and optional content. Um, the first secret uh, that Six mentioned uh, is, well, first of all, talking about the pacemaker mission, uh, but we already mentioned that. <laughs> um, and the secret... Uh, uh, executable clock.exe uh, takes a while to chase down and then you find it and it's just an exe that takes up the entire uh, ram sidebar that displays an analog clock it's just a just a good good goof in the game uh, the other set of missile missions is from the slash el group these are the missile missions we talked about uh, you befriend the hacker who hacks you nakes um, and you find some uh, fake 4chan posts that are a little less gro- gross than real 4chan uh, and uh, saying it's interesting to see uh, low stakes hacking in an otherwise tense game, and I, I, I get that. I mean, we would love to see more weird, strange low stakes stuff. Yeah, the one that you end up in, like if you take the other path, is very much like we are going against the corporations. We are like we don't have an ideology, but we are terrorist hackers. <laughs> yes, you know who else does that? That's Big Boss. <laughs> <laughs> Big Boss has never hacked a thing in his life. <laughs> Yeah, but he doesn't have an ideology. That's true. That's true. He hates him. Uh, third part is about the Steam Workshop. Uh, easy to miss, but post-release the dev added support for Steam Workshop in the form of community-created campaigns. We did mention them. Uh, most of them are terrible, but that's not the point. The fun thing is seeing what people decide to make for this game. There are course campaigns where you play as Watch Dogs DedSec. There's a demo for Hotline Miami campaign. Uh, there's a bunch of steamed ham stuff because of course there is. Uh, but there's also some genuinely cool things like a hard mode for the main campaign, an open world campaign with little story where you work your way up from being nobody via contacts and a few neat little mini stories made for uh hacker jam. Uh, if you're craving more hacknet, uh, you can look around. Uh, and then six impresses. What you really should be doing is playing labyrinths, which is the last bit here. Uh, yes. Um, uh, in my opinion, the Labyrinth campaign is better than the main game. Uh, obviously, I like both, but structurally, Labyrinth has a lot more character interaction and development, uh, which is cool to me, uh, focusing on the player's role as part of an elite team with a very specific mission. That's less cool. Uh, it includes new tools that you can bring back into the main game to break it even further if you'd like, and a final mission whose music still gives me heart palpitations as a reminder of how intense and adrenaline pumping uh, that last mission was. Um I'll rot thirteen the general premise of this mission here for free to ignore. Let me copy this into rod thirteen. Oh, I have it. I have it. I have it. Okay, I already okay. did that. And I sent it to you. So the thing with this uh, mission, uh, and we'll, spoilers, I guess, if you didn't play the DLC because we didn't say we we're going to do it, but you were tasked with hacking two passenger aircraft in flight to fix their navigation so they don't crash into the ocean and die with their altitude constantly represented on screen and the music absolutely losing its shit. Is what six sent there. It's very cool. That is a cool ending to a yes. like, hacking movie type thing. It's way better um, than turning off the giant McAfee. <laughs> <laughs> yes. If we name these episodes anymore, it'd have to be the giant McAfee. <laughs> the giant McAfee? That's so good. <laughs> yes. Um, that's all six has. Hope you enjoy the game. Yeah. Hope you'll consider trying Labyrinths. I'm going to watch it. I promise that. Uh, I don't know. I, the game is extremely my aesthetic, and I understand that there are things to dislike, but I can't just hold them against the game. Thanks for reading. Uh, thank you for writing in. Uh, aesthetically, game's cool as shit. Uh, yeah. Don't have any complaints there. Um, but yeah, I mean, we covered all of our objections. I don't think any of them are like deal breakers. I think this game is. Uh, yeah, I was I was surprised how good of a time I had with it, and then surprised how like despite all that, I mostly came with like criticisms. 
Yeah, I, I was having a bit less fun in the moment, but it was mostly to do with the uh, just the structure of the play. Mm-hmm. Well, the thing I did was I basically played like an hour and then I'd like leave it for like a week and then come back and have to kind of relearn how to do it all again, <laughs> oh, uh, which good. made which made it have like difficulty peaks and values. Which the game does not have the game is really easy once you figure out how, what you're doing. But when I went back and like, how do I how do I do how do I download things? It's is it scrape? Is it scoop? What does the SCP mean? <laughs> uh, secure control what, what is what is this protect P? protect <laughs> yes but the command is scp and i assume it's scrape but i just always go oh, scoop i'm gonna scoop this thing out of this person's computer secure copy oh okay that's way less cool scoop scoop <laughs> i'm gonna scoop this yeah gonna scoop this exe <laughs> I'm scooping an EXE. I'm on my computer scooping EXEs, Mom. You Look, wouldn't understand. If this, is, if this is the Hollywood version of hacking, you're it's actually scoop. scooping an EXE. <laughs> I'm scooping an EXE. Don't come in. <laughs> God. <laughs> uh, again, if you have an email to send, podcast at mapping.com. I think that's it. Next Thank month. you very much for listening. Yes, we'll get there. We still have stuff to do. I was just being polite. Carry on. (laughs) Next (laughs) month, we're having a guest on, I believe, uh, for a Patreon-requested episode. We are playing The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, the remake for Switch. We will be talking about the original a little bit, but this is mostly the new one, um, which I'm halfway through and having a pretty good time with, because Link's Awakening, still a great game. One of the best. Uh, And that's it Uh. December obviously will be our game of the year, whatever that ends up looking like. Fuck that is. Hey, Phil, if you want to send a bunch of emails for our game of the year thing, I wouldn't say no. Yeah, absolutely. You can send whatever you want. Um, Just a bunch of random game emails. Let's go. We're not gonna. We're not gonna have. We're not gonna have a big long list like last time. We're not gonna have a bunch of music. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a, a whole time. Yeah, we'll make it fun though. I thought this yeah. podcast was great. Yeah, uh, Jackson, where can people find us? People can find us at uh, abnormalmapping.com. us at Headfalls Off. <laughs> uh, you can find me at Headfalls Off on Twitter. You can find us at abnormalmapping.com. Uh, we have a whole bunch of podcasts there, uh, including Raptor Screenings, uh, where we watch movies every couple of weeks. Um, and you can support us on Patreon uh, at patreon.com slash abnormalmapping. Yeah, for $1, you get the Great Gundam Project, which is me and Jackson watching Gundam uh, every week. It's kind of our big podcast at these points, at this point, so I feel weird plugging it. But uh, at $5, you get writing, which is often about video games and movies. Um, and $10, you get Voip Life, which is a very fun, goofy podcast, just me and Jackson shooting the shit. You, you know, honestly, a lot of games talk, but like dumb games talk. <laughs> if you want us to go down a list of games and just comment on them, that's a podcast for people to listen to. Uh, Cause we do that a lot when we're out of content. So that's yeah, what, what if, what if we could talk about video games without holding ourselves to quality standards? <laughs> yeah. Uh, otherwise um, we had, this is our, is this our anniversary? Was it last month? I wasn't even thinking. October. Yes. Fuck. Yeah. It this, is, is, this, this is our seventh anniversary. I believe so. It was 2013, so yes. Uh, sixth, then. Sixth. Okay, yes. yes. Uh, we've been going for six years. Uh, here's to six more. Uh, thank you, everyone who supported us. still won't us be ever. done with Gundam. No, uh, <laughs> absolutely not. Um, if you like this podcast, please tell someone that you like it. Uh, this is a, Me, it's, preferably. It's, it's, 
Yeah, it's a, okay. You can tell <laughs> us that you like this podcast. I always appreciate that. But like, please share the podcast. Uh, this is a weird show, being that it's old games, being that it's once a month. It doesn't get a lot of like attention. I know we have a lot of listeners, and I appreciate that greatly. But if you could just tell a friend or a couple friends about uh, your favorite episode of this podcast, uh, I'd be greatly appreciative. Um, uh, on that note, I want to. We we were mentioned on the let's play of um, Chip Season's NGS Five Let's Play. It was a fantastic let's play. Uh, it's, it's of work. the most intense let's play I've ever seen. I like play, it yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's very good. But when you mentioned that, I was like, "Oh right, people listen to podcasts." I always forget because I'm just on my computer. <laughs> yeah, uh, it was very nice. Yeah, it, uh, it 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 made me remember that this is a good show that I love that people enjoy, and I I want to be bigger and better in 2020 because 2019 is not it. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is not. Yeah, you know, we've done good games and put yeah, out good podcasts. Yeah. Like we But I always I always come into this podcast feeling like weird about games and I really want to stop doing that because if it's six more years of feeling like this, it's gonna be a long six years. Uh well, it's a new decade soon, so Yep. Yep. Uh, <laughs> always moving forward. It's a new decade in December. Uh yep. Uh, <laughs> thanks everyone for listening, of course, as always. And we'll be back next month with Zelda. Until then, find a good game and play it. Don't expect to like him. <laughs> you can't use the other side <laughs> hard off so hard. Amuro, we're out of here. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>